Hey there, it's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all podcast platforms, so please, 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 whether it's Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, please go and subscribe right now so that these shows drop into your podcast platform every day when they go live. On today's show, we're going to talk about Armando Baycott's incredible junior season. We're going to work to place that in some historical context. We're going to have our first ever Trivia Tuesday. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to take a look ahead at the week in ACC basketball, the biggest games, and the conference standings as they are right now. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Well, again, it is Tuesday. It's February 15th, so it's the day right after Valentine's Day. I hope you had some crazy experiences yesterday. Uh, You know what? Why don't you share with me some of your crazy stories, and maybe I'll drop one or two of them into the podcast later on in the week. You can email those to the show, lockedontarheels at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories. I've mentioned before on our show that I love stats, um, and several of you out there listening are already aware of that as well, and have asked me if I would start sharing some trivia questions on the show, uh, just because you love it too. And so, you know what? We're going to start doing that from time to time. And here's my question. What a better time to do it than on a Tuesday? Why? It's trivia. It's Tuesday. It's Trivia Tuesday. So that's what we're going to call it. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'll share the question at the beginning of the show with you. And then towards the end of the show, coming out of the second commercial break, I'll share the answer with you. By the way, sounds like a brilliant sponsorship opportunity. So if you're a company looking to do that, this would be a great opportunity for you. Why not sponsor Trivia Tuesday right here on the pod? Maybe we could uh, like eat some tacos or something. Taco Trivia Tuesday. Let's, let's make that happen. <laughs> anyway, here's today's trivia question. The first ever, this is a monumental moment, the first ever Trivia Tuesday on Locked on Tar Heels. We're going to be talking about rebounds a good bit today. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to name for me the players in the top 10 in the Carolina record book for most rebounds in a single season. That's the most rebounds in a single season, the players in the top 10 of that category. Now, here's one hint. There's one player that's on this list twice, and then two players are actually tied for 10th. So that means there's going to be 10 names you're going to give me, and bonus points for you if you can name the player that's actually on the list twice. Well, one player one player likely to supplant someone on that list is none other than Mr. Armando Baycott. And so I want to start off our conversation today talking about his ridiculous season, the way things are going. And, and here's why I want to do that. I feel like so often we don't have the, the good fortune of appreciating a dominating like a dominant athletic performance in real time. It's it's typically only with with the gift of hindsight or a historical context that were like, man, that was a re- crazy season. How did player X do this and that and the other? And so 
what I want to be able to do is realize, hey, Armando Baycott is playing very, very well at a historical level. And so let's appreciate that for what it's worth now while it's happening. Because how much cooler is that? Um, So here's an example. Bryce Johnson's senior season, 2015-2016, was just absurd. Uh, you you see the ex- the uh, progression that he had from his freshman to his senior year. That's ultimately what we're trying to do with these young men, these college basketball players. So over the course of the 40 games he played that year, he was the first player in Carolina history with 400-plus rebounds and finished with 416, in fact. So that is today the record. Still no one else has reached 400 rebounds in a single season. He had 23 points and rebounds, double-doubles, which is still a Carolina record. He averaged 17 points, 10.4 rebounds a game, shot 61.4% from the floor. And his, if you'll allow me this phrase, his Heisman moment was the game that we probably all remember at Florida State. 39 points, 23 rebounds on 14 of 16 shooting and 11 of 16 from the free throw line. That wasn't his only 20 rebound game that season. He had a second 20 rebound game at Duke. He had 21 rebounds to close out the regular season with a win, I might add. And not only did Bryce Johnson have that, but he did so while contending with people like Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks and uh, this young freshman man that we might or might not know named Luke May. (laughs) And you know what? All Bryce Johnson did that year while contending with uh, Kennedy Meeks was to pull off these ridiculous numbers. By the way, Kennedy Meeks finished fifth in career rebounding at Carolina, which is crazy to think about that Bryce Johnson did all of that while alongside of Kennedy Meeks because Bryce Johnson himself finished fifth, although got pushed to sixth once Meeks finished his career. And so that is the type of year that Armando Baycott is having. Listen to just some of these national numbers. He is third in division one with 12.2 rebounds, second in all the major conferences behind only If you can guess it, you probably know who it is. Kentucky's Oscar Sheboy, who has 15.3 rebounds a game. That's insane. Baycott's fourth in Division I in defensive rebounding, fourth in Division I in offensive rebounding, and second in all the major conferences, again, behind Sheboy in both of those categories. His 19 double-doubles is second in Division I, but it's tied with Sheboy for first amongst all the major conferences. How about some Carolina numbers that Baycott is doing? He needs four rebounds on Wednesday against Pitt. We'll do a preview of that on tomorrow's show to reach 800 career rebounds. He would be the 22nd Tar Heel ever to do so. He's averaging 16.6 points a game this year. He had a streak that you might remember of 10 straight double-doubles. That ties Billy Cunningham for the third longest streak in Carolina history. Cunningham also has the longest streak at 40. 40 straight games with a double-double, if you can believe that. Um, Baycott now has 37 career double-doubles. That's tied with John Henson for the eighth longest streak. And his he these 19 double-doubles he has this season are just four behind those 23 that Johnson had in 2015 2016. So what is it that Armando Baycott might do this year? Well, barring injury, barring 
some un- other unforeseen circumstances or something of that nature, he has a minimum of eight games left by my calculation. There's six regular season games, and then you got to assume at least one ACC tournament game and one other postseason tournament game that is going to happen for a total of eight. Obviously, he could have more or something crazy might happen and he could have less, but let's assume at least eight. He needs a double-double in just half of those eight to tie Johnson, to tie Bryce Johnson's 23. He needs only five to overtake him. And based on how Baycott's been going, that's going to happen. It's almost inevitable. And if it goes up beyond eight more games this season, we could see uh, Baycott get up to 25-26 double-doubles. He's currently sitting at 306 rebounds, so that means he needs 94 to reach 400, meaning he would be the second Tar Heel ever to do that, and he needs 110 to tie Bryce Johnson's 416. Well, will he get there? Let's do a little bit of quick math. Baycott's currently averaging 12.2 rebounds a game. When averaged out over a minimum of eight games, that's 97.6 rebounds, which would bring him somewhere between 403 and 404 total rebounds. Meaning, yes, absolutely, unless something crazy happens, he's going to be the second to break that 400 barrier. And there's a great shot that he will get up to that 416 and go even beyond it. Now, obviously these numbers are estimates, averages that could go up or down, Uh, He could have more games. All all of that's a possibility. But all that to say, Armando Baycott is having the exact same type of season that Bryce Johnson did in 2015-16. So why do all these numbers that Baycott is putting up, why do they matter? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full go. The NBA All-Star Game is coming this very Sunday. Selection Sunday is now less than four weeks away. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as all the latest Olympic coverage. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. Starting next week, Locked on Tar Heels can also be your first watch every day. On Monday of next week, you'll be able to catch the show here on traditional podcast formats like always, or you can also watch it on YouTube if you would like to do that. So that is something you can definitely take advantage of starting next week. So, Again, why are we looking at all these numbers for Armando Baycott? Well, for most people, it's not just about the numbers themselves. Most people aren't dorks like me, aren't these stat head math geeks that just think numbers are cool for themselves. It's ultimately not about the numbers, but rather about the stories that those numbers tell. In this case, what, what story is that? Well... Armando Baycott is having an iconic junior season. Those numbers put Baycott in in company with some of the best Carolina big men seasons of all time. That is what he's doing. That, That is the company he's keeping. And so the story we're learning is that 
be keep your eyes on Armando Baycott at all times. You don't know what's going to happen. He might drop some kind of crazy numbers, and you want to be there to witness it. That's what's going on. As a guy named Mike Coulter at Mike Coulter 12 on Twitter pointed out to me, and, I, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, Bryce Johnson had to contend with Kennedy Meeks. Baycott is doing all this, putting up all these numbers, while primarily having freedom in the lane. He's able to operate as he wants to, doesn't really have anyone else to contend with, so he gets to just have his way. And a lot of that is thanks to the new uh, offensive scheme that Coach Davis has put in place. But also, Bryce Johnson had 40 games. Also, it was Bryce Johnson's senior season that year. And so, it, it, right now, Baycott is well short of 40 games, and, and who knows if he will get there. He might, he might not. We're going to have to wait to see. Also, remember that it was Bryce Johnson's senior. This is only Armando Baycott's junior year, and so that progression has matured one year earlier. Well, here's the thing. Here's the point I want to make sure to hammer home. It's not about choosing Bryce Johnson or Armando Baycott. It's about marveling at the fact that we get to witness a historically great season from both of these young men. And that's that's the story, is that throughout the history of watching sports, we are continually amazed, and we are again now. I mentioned Bryce Johnson had two 20-rebound seasons that game. Baycott's already got three. And that's not that Baycott's better. It's just that they're both doing insane feats of athletic achievement. It's not Bryce Johnson versus Armando Baycott. It's Bryce Johnson and Armando Baycott. Who are they? They're both Tar Heels. Let's love what they're doing. Here's the way I'd put it to you. My grandpa, Gene Lester Jarrett, he died right at the beginning of when COVID was breaking out that March of 2020. One of my favorite things about my grandpa is that whenever our family got together, we'd always have several different pies. My grandma is a phenomenal pie maker. She'd make things like lemon meringue or apple pie or whatever it is. And so we, my, my grandma would say, Gene, we've got lemon meringue pie and we've got apple pie. What do you want for dessert? <laughs> and my grandpa, in his infinite wisdom, would just simply say, yes. I don't want apple or lemon meringue. I want apple and lemon meringue. I don't, I don't want to choose Dean Smith or Roy Williams. I want Dean Smith and Roy Williams. I don't want to choose <laughs> Bryce Johnson or Armando Baycott. I just want to say yes and appreciate that they are both Tar Heels and they're both doing awesome things. This, friends, is about the unique opportunity to appreciate a sporting achievement in real time. So so here's what I want to encourage all of us to do. Here's our big takeaway. Just enjoy Armando Baycott for the rest of this season. Watch him. Maybe he'll have another 20 rebound game. Maybe he'll get up to 30. He, he, I heard him talk about that recently. Like, how crazy would that be? Maybe he's going to level off and just have some kind of standard numbers, uh, some average numbers. But but what if he did something extraordinary? You want to be there to see it, and you want to be there to appreciate it. And by the way, remember several games ago when Armando Baycott was struggling to shoot as well as he had been the rest of the season? Here, here's a refresher. Heading into the Wake Forest game, 
Baycott was shooting 64.1% this season. That would have been ninth all-time if that was the end of the season. Ninth all-time in Carolina history, just ahead of where he was last year. But over the course of the next three games, Baycott shot 12 of 41, just 29.3%, which brought his field goal percentage for the season down to 57.8. And let me tell you, people were up in arms. What, what is happening? The sky is falling. Everything's wrong with Armando Baycott. Now, let me say legitimately, it's important to point these anomalies out, to, to critique or to work at figuring out what's happening when a player starts to do something different than he's done all season, good or bad. That's the job of a reporter. In, the, in my case, that's the job of a reporter covering North Carolina sports. Hey, Armando Baycott has been on fire from the field but he's hit a bit of a speed bump the last couple games. Why is that? Let's work at figuring that out. But it's not my job to to lambast him or to say, oh, Armando Baycott's terrible and he's over and the season's done. No. And do you know why? Because he's always going to come back to the numbers he's been shooting all season long. In fact, in the five games since that slump, he's shooting 59.3%. And you, you shrink that down to the last two games, uh, Clemson and then Florida State, he's shooting 79%, 15 for 19. That's absurd. So remember, if you will, with me, all that noise from several games ago when Baycott was struggling? Here's my question. I'd like to just know where those same people are right now. Why aren't they praising Baycott when he's shooting this 79% in the last two games? So if fans, if media are going to be critical when an athlete struggles, shouldn't they be at least equally, if not more vocal, when he or she enjoys success? Because that's ultimately what we're doing, is watching sport achievement and and praising it. Yes, 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 yes. Again, we need to be critical when it's time to be critical. But we have to raise our level of joy and excitement to the same level as the critique. Why can't we still have nice things in this world? I don't get it. Why just why just can't we be happy when good things happen to good young men and women who are are getting an education and and pouring themselves into what they're doing? Armando Baycott's having a great year. Let's enjoy it the best that we can. So, coming up in just a second, the answer to our very first Tuesday trivia and a weekly ACC primer. But first, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's nearly impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. Why have to go through all those questions you clearly don't know the answers to? Sir, is, is your pilot EX, EXL, LX, or Touring? And then you sit there and wait while a salesman tries to find the parts to order when you can just go to rockauto.com and find it for yourself. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and their inventory has everything you need. So save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for all your auto part needs. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
Well, here we go. It is our first ever Tuesday trivia. Remember, we're looking for the top 10 Tar Heels in single sound, single season rebounding. There are 10 different people in this grouping. One person that's done it twice. And then there was a tie in 10th, so we actually have 10 names. You ready? We're going to go in reverse order. Tyler Zeller, George Lynch, they tied for 10th with 365 rebounds. The man, the myth, the legend, Luke May, that 2017-18 season coming off of the national championship, had 373. In 8th place, John Henson, 374 rebounds in 2010-11. And then we get to the one person that's on the list twice. Any guesses before I reveal it? It is, once again, Luke May. His senior season 2018-19 had 377 rebounds. Before that, Kennedy Meeks in the national championship season 2016-17 had 378 rebounds. In fifth place, Billy Cunningham, the kangaroo kid, 1963-64, had 379 rebounds. 1997-98, oh boy, how did he never win a national championship. Anton Jameson, 389 rebounds. Uh, another national championship season, Sean May, 2004-05, had 397 rebounds. We're getting so close to that 400. In second place all-time, Tyler Hansbro had, uh, had 399, just one away in 2007 08 season, that painful loss to Kansas. You got to know that if Carolina had gone on to the championship game, he would have hit that 400 threshold. And then finally, we've already talked about it on the show today, but Bryce Johnson, 2015 16, had 416 rebounds. That's the number one all time. Armando Baycott, he's going to fall somewhere on that list and he's going to find his way there pretty, pretty soon. Okay, let's talk about the ACC. Let's look at what the standings are right now, what's coming ahead this week. I'm going to preview what I believe are the top five non-Carolina games, and we're going to get into that. So if you're listening to this show, it's because you love the Tar Heels, and hopefully this time of year, it's because you love college basketball as much as I do. What a great game this is. And so what I want to do is just Take us on a quick run around the AC, looking at the standings, the most important non-Carolina games that are going on, and uh, just kind of help ourselves understand the lay of the land so that we know what the Tar Heels are getting into. So, so let's start with those standings. As you may recall, the, the top four teams in the ACC at the end of the regular season get a double bye in the ACC tournament. That means they don't have to start playing till Thursday. And the teams that finish 5th through ninth get a single bye. They start playing on Wednesday. And the teams that finish 10th through 15th uh, start on Tuesday and would have to win five games in five days to win the tournament and get that automatic qualifier spot. So in terms of those top four, who is likely to wind up in that position? There are currently six teams within two games of first. Those are as follows. Duke and Notre Dame are both sitting at 11-3, tied for first place, although Duke currently still holds that tiebreaker with that head-to-head win over Notre Dame. Miami and Carolina are tied for third at 10-4, although, again, Miami holds the tiebreaker because of the head-to-head victory over the Tar Heels. Wake is sitting at 10-5 in fifth place, and Virginia sitting at 10-6 in sixth place. So 
that's crazy. Uh, Virginia has already played 16 of their 20 conference games, while some of these other teams have only played 14 right now. Um, in fact, all of the top four in the conference are sitting there. So Virginia is two games ahead in terms of number of games played. Well, here's what I believe are the five most important non-Carolina ACC games this week. One of them already happened. It was last night, Monday night, Virginia Tech held serve at home over their interstate big rivals, the University of Virginia. The score was 62-53, so that made Virginia's path to the top four infinitely more difficult. They're sitting in that sixth position several games back of those top two teams and uh, gave Virginia something of an outside, outside shot now at getting into that top four. And so that is game number one. Game number two that I'm looking at this week in the ACC, and we're going in chronological order here. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on ESPN. Wake is playing at Duke, their first of two really huge games for the Demon Deacons this week, trying to keep pace with those top four. Currently, they're member at 10-5, and five, and Duke is 11-3. So would be monstrous for Wake Forest to go into Cameron and pick up that victory. The third game, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock on ACC Net on ACC Network Extra, Miami at Louisville. Uh, as we know, Louisville doesn't have a great record, but we've seen when, when Duke went to play at Louisville, when Carolina went to play at Louisville, the Cardinals are really good at just mucking things up and making it messy and dirty and finding a way to scrap and claw, and maybe they can get a victory. And so Miami's looking to hold on for dear life at the top of the standings there in, in third place, uh, that third seed position currently. Game number four, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, again on ACC Network Extra. I don't know why we're getting all these massive games on a non television channel, but whatever, I digress. That game, Notre Dame at Wake Forest. Again, I said it's a huge week for Wake Forest. They go to Duke and they host Notre Dame on Saturday. So big game for both of these teams. Notre Dame is going to be looking to keep pace with Duke, assuming that Duke has knocked off Notre Dame earlier in the week. And so we'll see what happens there. Can the Demon Deacons stay connected to those top four? And then the fifth and final game I want to point at this week is Saturday, 5 o'clock Eastern on ACC Network. Virginia travels to Miami. Both teams uh, just right there on, on the brink of that top four. Miami's sitting in it. Virginia's on the outside looking in. And so they were looking to pick up a huge road win for what they're doing. They, they've really been coming on more lately. And obviously, Carolina has a massive matchup of their own on Saturday. But again, we're not including that in this run around the ACC. We're going to talk about that trip to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech in Friday's show. We'll do a preview of that game on Saturday. Well, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. That's one S, two A's in Isaac, and there's a C in Shade between the S and the H. It's a German word. It means what a pity. I don't know what we're doing here, but that's my last name. If you'd like to talk more about the show, would love to have a conversation with you. You can shoot me, shoot the show an email at lockedontarheels at gmail.com. Hey, and if you like what you're hearing, 
tell a friend. If everybody listening told one friend they know would love to listen to the show, man, we would just grow this, this community and this group diving in together to talk about Carolina. Well, coming up tomorrow, we're going to preview Wednesday night's game against Pittsburgh in the Smith Center. We're going to talk about the five Tar Heels that were invited to the NFL Combine. We'll unpack that a little bit. And then, great news, really love this move. The Athletics Media Center is going to be named in honor of none other than Mr. Woody Durham. We're going to talk about all of that tomorrow. And so I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. And now I want to encourage you to make Locked On Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day talking Carolina with me. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!